Welcome to the Hands Up Feed Podcast. On this week's episode... I don't know how else to explain it other than it is just so extremely rewarding seeing the products of your toil. And it even ups the ante when it's when family's involved because there's there's that aspect of this is what we do. It's not... I mean, I guess you could, you could say it's a choice, but it's almost more like a lifestyle than a job. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Hands Up Feed podcast. I am Nick Bradley. And I'm Callie. And today, we have an extremely exciting episode for you guys, or at least I think it's extremely exciting because it's all about my favorite time of the year. And so we will be going through what it's like during harvest season on a row crop farm. And Callie will talk a little bit about what it's like during harvest season on a tobacco farm, but most of the harvesting for you guys has already happened. And then later on in the episode, we might touch on some farm safety issues. So take it away, Cal. I guess we'll just start out by talking about kind of what our harvest is this year, what it's looking like, that kind of thing. So I know that we had kind of talked about in the last episode, we talked about some of the things that we had been up to on our farms. And I talked a lot about how we were almost finished cutting tobacco. Well, now we are definitely finished cutting tobacco. And I talked a little bit about how we're exploring in the whole outdoor hanging situation. And we had some stock rot. So we had to transfer a load to the barn. And it's just, everything just keeps getting crazier. So, (laughs) but it's still been pretty good. Everything's curing for now. And for those of you who don't know, our harvest pretty different because it has two different stages. So we have where we harvest it from the actual ground and where we harvest it from the stock. So we've done every all of the cutting that we need to do and all the hanging that we need to do. And what we have left from now is around probably sometime in November, we will start taking Uh, our tobacco down out of the barns and off our scaffold wagons and we will grade it by the leaves we we grade into three grades we grade lugs cutters and tips and we'll bell those and then take them to market in december and january Uh, and hopefully it'll be hopefully it will be a good crop it looks it looks pretty good so we'll see about that but nick i know that Life is a whole lot different on your farm right now, and you've got cotton coming right around the corner, and I'm sure that you're super busy, so you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, so cotton, by the time you guys hear this episode, will most likely be fully underway in almost everywhere. I know in some parts of Tennessee, especially here in West Tennessee, they've already started, but we got a real good rain today, which was honestly really needed here in West Tennessee one of the last good rains that we got up here was in August. Wow. So yes, it's harvest season, but we still like to see rain every once in a while. And so at this point, we're all just sort of praying for a nice, pretty clear harvest season. Last year was probably one of the best weather-wise harvest seasons that we ever had. I mean, we it just felt like we were done with harvest in no time. And it was because the weather was so nice and equipment for once, knock on some wood, didn't break down 50 bajillion times. Well, the cotton picker <laughs> gave us some trouble last year, but that's, that's aside from the point. But on our farm, we just got done with corn about a week or two ago. And just earlier this week, dad started on soybeans. And so when I go home for fall break, 
I will wake up and I will go to the bean field and that's where I will be all of fall break in case anyone needs to find me that's where I'll be not that y'all will hear this by fall break but you know that's a certain point right Um, yeah it's it's one of those seasons that's it's so much fun y'all it is incredibly fun but it will run you ragged by the end of it come November everybody is just plum give out if they ain't already and we're all looking for a little relief hopefully by Thanksgiving yeah so we're actually we're we're pretty much in the stages of just getting started on our corn which I mean your corn and my corn are completely different because (laughs) my, (laughs) my corn is only used for our animals so we grow all of our own feed for our cattle so we run about 200 head of cattle and we grow all the corn, hay, everything that they would need. So we're just getting started with our corn harvest as of right now during this recording of this podcast. And so yesterday, my brother was out trying to trying to harvest the corn, but he got stuck in some morning glories and mm. just wrecked the corn picker obviously that didn't that didn't go over well and Nick I know that you know your family dynamic is is kind of similar you have a family operation and you and your dad do a whole lot of the work and whereas you know my brother and my dad do a whole lot of the work on our farm while I'm gone so Mm -hmm. it's kind of you know that family it's just so different to work with your family and (laughs) I think there are things that just set my brother off and things that set my dad off that are just so so particular but that was that was definitely one of them dad had one of those son I told you so moments (laughs) whenever he broke the corn picker but hopefully they'll get her back and running soon so they can finish what they started but it's always something new it's always a process for sure right you know for all of our listeners in case y'all haven't picked up on how much we talk about our family farms and I don't know how many times we've said it by now but working with family provides a very interesting dynamic in most situations and I truly don't know how many times we've mentioned that on this podcast (laughs) so far but really you guys it truly is one of the most rewarding things to be able to go out there with your brother, your dad, your mom, your sister, your cousin, your papa, your nana, whoever it may be, and and feed America, feed people, feed the world. And knowing that even though we are just a tiny part in this massive grand scheme of things, it's still extremely rewarding. Like here, when I go home, I'll be able to see some of the beans that I planted be harvested. And and I know that sounds so silly to some people. It's like you just planted them in the ground with some piece of machinery and you're just going to go cut them down with some piece of machinery. Like, how is that rewarding? I don't know how else to explain it other than it is just, it's so extremely rewarding seeing the products of your toil. And it's so, and it even ups the ante when it's, when family's involved, because there's, there's that aspect of this is what we do. It's not, I mean, I guess you could you could say it's a choice, but it's almost more like a lifestyle than than a job. And I mean, like I didn't choose to be born on a farm. Like that's not what I chose, right. but I absolutely love it. And I'm here and I wouldn't change it for anything else. And I am so excited 
to go back home and be back in that atmosphere of harvest time on the family farm because it is a very stressful time, but it's also one of the most rewarding. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I completely agree. I can't imagine growing up another way. And I don't think I realized how how blessed I was until honestly the past one or two years of my life is whenever I've really thought about the fact that not everybody grew up on a farm. You know, I always just took that for granted. And there's just some mm -hmm. things that I feel like everybody knows, but they mm -hmm. don't. That's just a, oh, oh man, that was just, that was just a me thing. Like, not everybody had the exact same upbringing as me. And I had quite a unique upbringing. It's just very interesting. And for all of our listeners out there who did grow up on a farm, you you definitely understand what we're talking about and just how unique those experiences are. I mean, growing up this time of year, especially outside was everything like we, my brother and I were never ever inside and of course like during our harvest season the best place for us was the tobacco barn we loved it I mean everybody else around us was not having fun because they were working really hard but my brother and I <laughs> we were climbing up in the barn well, I mean we were all kinds of things and you know it's just those kind of memories and those kind of experiences that really make me love the farm and love going back. A lot of people, they get older, they leave their hometowns and, and they don't want to visit their family. But I can't imagine that because not even because of my family, which I love them. I love them very much. I have an amazing family. But like, I just have such an emotional connection to my farm too. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, it is just land. It is our land. It's my family's land, the land that I grew up on and that you know, has been in my family for over 100 years. And, you know, my brother and I are are the sixth generation to farm my family's farm, mm -hmm. which is just that's awesome. that is yeah. that's so insane for me to even think about. Um, guys, that does not happen very often at all to anyone that's listening that knows anything about how farming works to be the sixth generation to work on the same piece of land is pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah. And it really is. It's that same farm that that six generations ago they started and that's why that's why I care so much you know mm -hmm. and that's why I care about that land so much is because generations before me people thought to care for that land and you know we got to make those people proud because <laughs> they put a lot into it so we got to leave it better than we found it for the next generation for sure but back to harvest sorry I went off on a little tangent there but harvest is definitely a, a really great time of year. And I think it's just, it's very interesting because it, it varies so much from crop to crop. And I mean, mm -hmm. with row crops, I know that things are probably maybe a little bit more similar for you. I know that cotton is definitely a very different experience from corn and <laughs> that kind of thing. But definitely for us with living on a tobacco farm, it's just, so different from the way that we harvest corn even our vegetables in the summertime which I mean all of that we finished all of that basically in the beginning of August but that's part of our harvest too is just getting all those picked and sold and that kind of thing everything is just it's so different uh with each commodity for sure 100 percent. and you were talking earlier about how like you and Blake growing up y'all just love to be in the tobacco barn and in the field and everything and during y'all's harvest season when y'all 
take it out of the field and put it into the barns. For me and my sister Annabelle, it was always the cotton field. We would go to the cotton field and when we first started picking cotton, we still had basket pickers. So you would have to unload it out of the basket picker into what we called a bowl buggy. And then the bowl buggy would bring it to the module maker and dump it in the module maker. And then that's where me and Annabelle came in. We got to sit up on these module makers while one of the adults around, usually my Uncle David or my mama, pushed the little automatic button where it does it on its own and yeah. you don't have to control yourself. And then me and Annabelle would just get up there and like fiddle the controls back and forth and make it look like we were doing something, which obviously we never did. And then like, I don't know, just so many great memories during harvest time and some not so good memories, but there's a good and a bad side to everything. And just harvest season is just one of those times that you're always stressed out, but there's never a dull moment, if that makes sense. Like it's, yeah, for it's sure. always exciting, always a new challenge every day you can always count on that there's going to be something else something new that hasn't happened yet this season that's going to happen every single day like for instance while we were shelling corn I was up here at school and I went back home for a weekend in late September and I was talking to my cousin Corey who is working on the farm with my dad and has been for the past few years and thank the Lord for him because if it wasn't for Corey I really don't think that my my farm would be in existence anymore. So big shout out to Corey. <laughs> and so my papa had an accident on the farm over the summer. I think I talked about that some in the first episode. And so he's sort of been put out of commission. So it's just been my dad and my cousin Corey all harvest season. Yeah. And so it's been a lot on them too, but but they're doing great with it. And when I go home, I help as much as I can. It's sort of hard to jump in there when they get in the swing of things. And if, then if I jump in, honestly, and this isn't just because I'm lazy, it's genuinely because it'll screw up whatever kind of system they got going on. It makes things 10 times worse. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy and it doesn't make sense, but I promise you it does. But anyways, I say all that to say one day, one of our grain trucks caught on fire. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Very grateful that Corey caught it at the shop and not in the middle of a cornfield. And it was just somewhere on top of the motor, some leaves and just trash from all the other corn and stuff, just leaves, stems, stalks, tassels, what whatever you want to throw in the mix <laughs> that's in the middle of a cornfield, had somehow gotten to where it just sat on top of the engine. Some of these trucks you leave running all day long. You start them in the morning right. and you don't turn them off. Well, somehow or another, some of that had started a fire now <laughs> underneath there. The engine got so hot. And, and so thankfully Corey smelt that and dealt with that. The truck's fine, completely fine. Just a tiny little fire. Hasn't happened again, knock on wood. And so that happened this harvest season. We also on my farm, we have a bad history of fires. We've had two cotton pickers burn before. Those were bad days. (laughs) Those were really bad days. Yeah. No, we, I completely understand because we had a tobacco barn burn down one year. Luckily, Mm -hmm. not while there was tobacco in the barn, (laughs) because that would have, that would have been been really, really bad. bad. (laughs) Very, very bad. (laughs) No, it, it can get pretty crazy sometimes for sure. I just thought about something that you said earlier about kind of making an impact, even though we're just, you and I are just one, two operations out of many across the United States. It's mm-hmm. just so, it's so crazy to think about every now and then I'll think, cause I learned this crazy statistic in my livestock evaluation class a few weeks mm-hmm. ago, that there are pieces of 562 different cows 
inside of one hamburger. So I think about that all the time now, like when I'm eating hamburger meat out of, I mean, there has to be multiple instances where I have been just eating a hamburger at Wendy's or something. And I'm, there is a piece of beef from my own farm. I mean, I know there are like thousands and thousands of Mm -hmm. cattle slaughtered every day, but you know, out of all the hamburger meat that I have eaten in my life from a restaurant, there has I have to have eaten my own beef before that and that's just so crazy to think about because you think about it just being such a huge industry but it's really not I mean like Mm -hmm. it it really isn't and it's just crazy to think about like the impact that we make on a daily basis that's how I am with cotton because like this white cotton t-shirt that I'm wearing right now who's to say that some cotton off my farm didn't go into making this t-shirt yeah, for and sure. with all the cotton product that are everywhere, even if we extend it out to just people I know, like the probability of at least someone that I know at some point wearing cotton that came off my farm is more than most people would think. And obviously we're not the biggest cotton producers. We're never going to be the biggest cotton producers. Oh but we yeah. Same with cattle. us and cattle. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Like we're nowhere near. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. But, but just like you said, like, and even if you, if you want to take it a step further for us, our cotton seed goes into a lot of livestock feed. So oh, yeah. even if we don't have cows directly, what if one of those cows that I'm eating in that hamburger ate my cotton seed or ate my corn, you know, like, or chickens, like majority of our corn goes back to chickens or chicken feed. And it's like, we have, I don't know, probably close to 60 or 70 chicken houses within like a seven mile radius of my house. We have lots of chickens around my house. That's where most of all our corn goes to. Who's to say that some of that chicken that I'm eating wasn't made through eating our corn? Yeah, definitely. It's really when you get to think about it, and I know it sounds honestly sort of dumb to most other people, but when you really get to thinking about if we didn't grow corn, if we didn't grow soybeans, if we didn't grow cotton, we wouldn't have these things. Yeah, exactly. Also, paper money is made out of cotton. So imagine the money in your wallet. You have to have, you have to have touched a piece of And like of money. low quality cotton too, which is yeah. <laughs> no, no offense to everyone around here, but majority of the time, our cotton in this area of the United States is not exactly the highest quality. It doesn't mean it's bad cotton. It's just not always the highest quality. And that's just how cotton works out. It's just what it is. So the fact that money usually uses that lower quality cotton (laughs) (laughs) means that there's a little bit higher of a chance that one of the dollar bills in y'all's pockets was made from off of our farm. Yeah, definitely. And I just think that's just so crazy for me to even fathom. And we could keep on going down this rabbit hole for probably <laughs> hours. <laughs> Anyone out there who has ever smoked a cigarette? <laughs> just, just anything. We're just going to dig really deep down into this. I just, I do think it is really crazy because, and, and now is really the perfect time of year to stop and think about that, you know, as the farmers are harvesting. And mm-hmm. something that I really love about Harvest is for us, it's always been such a time of togetherness. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that like when we cut tobacco, it is all hands on deck. Like we yep. are all, we are all in this together and we are, we're doing things together. And really, honestly, 
a community thing, especially whenever I was little. I mean, we had all kinds of people coming together to cut tobacco and it was just such a time of togetherness. And then again, when we grade, you know, it we have a lot of older people in our community who kind of just miss being able to work tobacco because it it it's a cultural thing where we're from. And Greenville, where I am from and where we farm, Greenville, Tennessee, used to be like the tobacco capital of the United States. And, you know, it was, there was a time when just everybody grew it. And that's true in a lot of parts of the state. And I know there's just like a lot of people in older generations that, that miss that because it really is a cultural thing. So when it comes time for us to grade tobacco, we'll have people show up at our house, just not because they want to make any money or get paid. And a lot of times they refuse payment. They just want to sit in the garage and grade tobacco with us. It's just something that brings people together, which is really hard to describe, but it's something that I really love about harvest for sure. Yeah. Harvest season is just, it's one of those really, really special times that it's almost like you have to be there to understand just how important it is to everyone. It's just one of those times, like you said, Cal, that everybody can just get together and have a good time and just enjoy the fact that this is our lifestyle. This is what we do. This is what most of us have always done. And, you know, it's just one of those things. And that, to me, is why harvest season is my favorite time. I can't wait to see how the rest of harvest season goes because I know there'll be more surprises and I know oh, there'll sure. be a lot more really, really good days. And so that's sort of where I'm at. But I'm really excited. Sort of sad that I don't get to go home, though, as much right. as I used to be able to in, like, high school. Obviously, I lived at home. But I'm looking forward to the day that I can be at home all the way through harvest season, which is not that far away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're getting really close. But, yeah, I'm kind of torn because you know how much I love planting season. Mm -hmm. which, which is the opposite for you. I know how much you hate planting season, mm -hmm. which it is such a stressful time of year. But for me, it's just like a time where if just new beginnings and like it makes you excited for the season that's coming up and stuff like that. But I mean, even now it is it, it's still exciting. Harvest mm -hmm. is it's it's like a celebratory time, you know, and mm -hmm. I think that why historically it's been kind of a community thing and a together kind of thing. And so now it is still a time of togetherness. We kind of execute that a lot differently than in history because of modern times and technology and not everybody. I mean, that's why we have Thanksgiving. Yeah, definitely. We're giving thanks for the Lord blessing us with another good year. And so, I mean, it, it's been a good year for us. Hopefully it's been a good year for you, Nick. It's been a year. It's been a good year. <laughs> it really has. I can't complain too much. I haven't been on the farm too much to complain, so... You know, but yeah, it's and it's been a pretty good year. We're hoping that all of our farmers out there listening have also had a good year. And with that, we're going to conclude this episode. So thank you guys so much for hanging on and listening to us kind of babble about harvest season. But <laughs> hopefully you enjoyed it. And we will see you guys next week with another episode of the Hands That Feed podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Hands That Feed podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and don't forget to rate and review our podcast and share with your friends. We'll see you next week.